Hey everyone, Michael Lutheran here from Hollywood Hustle, here to remind you that we have a contest currently going on to celebrate the official opening of the podcast. From June 6th to the 11th, everyone who submits a review of the podcast on iTunes will be entered to win a featured spot on the homepage of our website, as well as a $25 gift card to iTunes, as well as an 8x10 signed uh, photograph of Daniel and I in our team hustle poses, and uh, the photograph is pictured by uh, Eric Carroll of Eric Carroll Photography. We'll uh, feature your headshot, your links to your work, and uh, share with listeners what your very own Hollywood Hustle uh, artistic path is on our website, or if you have a business, we'll provide a link to that as well. We're going to be drawing only from those who submit a review. So take a moment right now after listening to this episode to go online and submit your review. Thank you so much for your support. And now let's start with the show. Hello and welcome to Hollywood Hustle. My name is Daniel and as always, I'm here with my slightly better looking counterpart. He went three rounds to try to be the mother in the first Alien movie, almost got the part, Mr. Michael Lutheran. I was so close. What do you think kept you from getting the part? Uh, gosh, you know, I think it was just, I'm not a brunette. <laughs> oh. Uh. Wait, was the, was the mother Alien a brunette? I think so. That makes sense to me. So we have had some incredible interviews so far. Some you, you've heard. Oh, I've, I've been there for every one of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking to the audience. Oh, you're talking to them. I'm looking at you, but talking to them. Oh, looking so at you, talking to them. It's like... But when I'm talking to you, no one I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to you. I knew it. <laughs> I mean, we've had some interviews you've already heard, some that you haven't that we've already recorded. Uh, I think they're going very well. It's incredible how... Well, for one, how quickly this has all been going, right? Like, <laughs> Really? Has it been quickly? <laughs> it's been very quick. Uh, I guess to catch some of our uh, Kickstarter supporters up to speed, you know, as soon as we were able to get the funds and get the equipment, we've just been recording nonstop. I mean, we've recorded how many interviews now? Like uh, Five interviews at least, yeah. But it's been so inspiring hearing these people who none of them really know one another. Right, right, absolutely. But how these people who don't know one another are all kind of communicating the same themes, the same lessons. But in different ways. It's not yes. the same. One thing I love about this this concept that I think you were excited about was that this isn't just about actors. It's not just about musicians or just about being in Hollywood itself. This show is about people pursuing their dream careers, whatever that may whatever be. Whatever that may be. And how they're struggling, persevering through that. Having an actor on, we've had a musician on. A magician and a musician. Say that five times fast. <laughs> We're going to have someone who runs a theater, who is a director and a producer and an actress, all in the same thing. And, and down the road, we're going to have some professional cosplayers on. We're going to have a casting director. We just locked down on an interview with a filmmaker who he has a movie that's going to be premiering at a film festival here in Los Angeles. Absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm in talks with getting someone on that has been in a very recent blockbuster film in a small role. Uh, I'm in talks to kind of find a date to get them. It's going to be kind of surprising who it is. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm excited to talk to him because I think it's, it's going to be a very different conversation with this person. I don't want to get too many details because I want to make sure of it course. happens. But I think the point that you're driving at though is that 
we're not hearing from one specific no. community it, or a career path. Yes, it, we're hearing from everyone who came here with a dream. Absolutely. Some some people might have been from Los Angeles, and so they've grown up or, and around uh, this community, but now they're striving towards it as well. And it's been it's it's been it's really been a fantastic journey so far, and we we're just getting started. We're just we're just at the beginning, and we're exhausted. <laughs> no, just, kidding, <laughs> just kidding. It's it's been so fun. Um, now this is a little bit of a different type of show. Most of our shows, we're going to have someone that we talk to and interview. This episode in particular is what we're going to just call uh, a Michael and Daniel episode, an M&D episode, a D&M episode. We're going to have these every now and then just to kind of break up having interviews to give a little break from the, the serious conversation. Well, And also to kind of give to check back in with us because we are two artists and they, we're going along our own journey. Right. We're learning new things as we go. Absolutely. And we want to get share with you what we've learned and who, you know, we don't want to sit there and interview ourselves just because that sounds weird and, and very uh, narcissistic. We, you know, we want to give you other people outside of ourselves opinions, but when we get a chance, we'd love to give you our opinions, what we've gone through, how we've gotten through things absolutely, and gotten to where we are. And it's also a great opportunity for us to respond to listener questions or comments or suggestions. Um, if you know of a great show that's playing here in Los Angeles or something like that, definitely let us know. There is going to be a lot of ways that we want to communicate with you, our listeners, our community of supporters. So this will be a great platform for us to not only check in with each other, you and I, Daniel, but also to check in with you, the listeners. And I think also to give you a chance to get to know who we are. You hear us at the beginning of some of the interview episodes for a little bit, but this gives you a chance to learn more about who we are, our lives as people, on top of who we are as professionals and as creators. Yeah, so often I think it's, especially in this town in particular, it's so easy to look at someone is just, oh, you're Daniel, you're the writer. Many people don't look at you and think, oh, that guy's a dad. Right. That guy's a husband. That guy has his own ups and downs and stuff like that. It's so easy to just label someone as one specific thing. Right. And, or, you know, people don't look at you and say, you know, that guy's homeless. That guy is working for pennies on a dollar every day on a, on a sidewalk, just hoping for someone to come by and go, you want to be in a picture? Nobody knows that about you. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody's supposed to know that. Um, but you know, one of the things we'll be doing is we'll be doing this. Will still be two parts. We'll still still be two episodes. Uh, the first episode will usually be like Mike said, either answering emails or you know answering Twitter questions. And then on top of that, we'll also have some sort of topic to discuss. Um, usually dealing with LA or the creative scene here in LA. Um, and then we'll, we're gonna play some kind of game. Yeah. Uh, some kind of fun thing that's ridiculous and silly. Not not our usual MySpace quiz no, per no. se. No, no, it'll be but just something fun. We may do a trivia where we ask each other questions about each other's favorite movies to see if we actually know our favorite movies. We may do some sort of personality quiz. Who knows what we'll do? Uh, but this is just something fun for us, just to ch- you know ch- change it up every now and, and then. And if you, the listener, knows of any fun type <laughs> of uh, quizzes, because what I just said is all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> Please submit them to us, Hollywood Hustle podcast at gmail.com that's hollywood hustle podcast at gmail.com did ever someone ever tell you you could be in the voiceovers <laughs> you got a voice for radio and a face for radio uh-huh. that's for sure <laughs> you're homeless <laughs> the rest of this episode is just us crying and, and just, <laughs> just spouting <laughs> truths at one another take that michael shing well how about this <laughs> oh oh 
Now we're doing me. podcast ninja fighting, and this is this doesn't work in audio format. I've told you, <laughs> it so, could happen. It, it could, could happen. It possibly. So let's just kind of start, uh, Michael. Since this is our first episode, and this is kind of our first time talking about, it, let's just talk about what are your goals for the rest of 2016 as a creator. That's an easy question. No, uh, right now I'm finding myself in a very exciting and also vulnerable, and I mean that in the most positive way. I'm in this very exciting and vulnerable place because I just started taking acting classes, like committing to a series of classes for the first time since living in Los Angeles. It's very easy to come down here and think, I've got my college degree, you know, I'm ready to do whatever and not need classes. But uh, it's taken some learns and some stumbles and basically for me to acknowledge I need to go back in the classroom. There are certain auditions that I'm going to, maybe I'm not booking those, perhaps because I've gotten a little rusty. So part of it has just been admitting that and embracing this new change. And so I'm studying Meisner right now at an acting studio in Santa Monica, which is on the west side of Los Angeles. And I'm doing that right now three days a week. It has been a challenge personally, creatively, but in the best way possible. He's cried in my arms three times. Three, three nights a week <laughs> or three days a week. <laughs> three days a week. Exactly. No, but uh, I'm tomorrow marks uh, end of week three in this six-week introductory course. And I've learned a lot about myself. And, you know, those are some interesting truths to learn of, you know, how my day job has potentially affected my creative life. Um, office culture impacts, you know, how you express yourself. Right, absolutely. A little bit. And very much these first initial weeks have just been me pulling off those, you know, layers of an onion, so to speak, right? Of just kind of getting that off of me. And I'm still going through it, but it's so... It's so much fun just being back in that creative environment. Probably about also fun probably being challenged. Oh, that's also. the thing. There's so many time so many classes that you can go to in Los Angeles where it's yes, you did that scene great. Yes, you know, you did that moment. Yes, you created the environment. Yes, yes, yes. Do I have any notes? No, you did it perfectly. Well, then I'm not really learning. I'm not being challenged. And as an actor, you must always be challenged in a way to help you grow. Because that's going to be the only way you can grow. Absolutely. It's such a personal art form. You're constantly diving into yourself. Right. Uh, So what else? What other goals do you have for this year? So outside of acting class, uh, I'm looking into booking new representation. Currently in talks with one agency right now. uh, We've been exchanging multiple emails back and forth but that's been going well just kind of continuing that relationship letting them know what i'm up to and checking in with them see how busy their office is as well i think just real quick i think one lesson uh right there from what you just said going back and forth with emails and you know because this has been going on for about at least a month month and a half with this particular relationship yeah it's two months i would probably so i think one if you're if you're not in la and you're thinking of moving here people here already probably know this one of the biggest things you'll deal with in la in general is waiting uh you know you go in for some big show you may not hear for five months six months a year if you got some kind of gig because you don't know what's going on behind the scenes so just something to expect waiting talking to a you know agents are busy if you're in a conversation with an agent trying to get meetings and and get signed from you may start talking to them in january and not be signed until july well as exactly and for this particular instance i went in with the initial meeting uh that was in february and that's the middle of pilot 
season, right? Like so they're just going through so many auditions and they, they don't have time to send out new talent for pilot season, right? So they were just busy submitting their own talent. And so part of that is just like, that's great. That's perfect. You're getting your talent out there. That's what I'd like to see as someone who's thinking about joining your roster or who wants to join your roster. But I'm also going to give you time to check out what I'm up to. So part of that has, as Daniel was just saying, learning that waiting is a good thing, <laughs> despite... Patience, young Padawan. Patience, young Padawan. Patience. Any other final goals? Any other goals? Um, you know, this at the beginning of this year, I kind of made my own personal thing of, I really want to get back into writing again. Um, it's been a while since I completed a written project from beginning, middle, and end. And I think it's time that I just get that vomit draft out there. And when I say vomit draft, I don't mean a stack of papers with vomit on them. I just mean, sometimes you just got to clear your head. You got to get your mind, get all the waste that's in your mind out of out of. Just get it on paper. Get it on paper so that you can see what comes next. Absolutely. So there's been some ideas that I've been knocking around with you yeah. and everything. And I think it's time for me to actually put it on paper. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think for me, my goals were really simplified at the beginning of this year in like just like th- three kind of words or sentences. Uh, I think the first one was being was create. And, and so uh, with that, my thought was I want to finish something and accomplish something, um, get something created. One of those being this podcast, I think getting this out to the masses since I've had this this show on my mind for such a long time is going to be a huge relief for me. And I think, you know, I think that's, I think it's just going to be awesome. So I think this is definitely hitting one of those goals in a big way. Well, and definitely. And what's also cool about it is that this is all coming from you. Obviously, I'm here to support and everything, but we've worked on projects where, you know, for no fault on any party or anything, it's just in Los Angeles sometimes. It didn't work out. It didn't work out. Scheduling, finances, you know. So create was a big one for me. I have some scripts. I am a writer as well. That is my forefront uh, creative profession. I have some scripts in the, in the process of being written that I need to finish. And that's one of my goals is to finish at least two scripts this year. Um, one TV, hopefully one feature. So create another one for me was not hiding. And, and, and I don't say like I was like last year, I was like cowering in the corner of my house, but uh, hiding may be the wrong, but, <laughs> but being more open to go to things and trying to be more available to go to things if possible. I do have a kid, um, have a wife, you know, I, I do want to see them and, and spend time with them uh, as much as possible, but I need to make sure I make time and go, Hey, you know, I need to s- schedule this with my wife that she knows so I can go out to workshops, uh, free workshops that Sagard is doing, or uh, you know, some kind of free class or a networking event. Um, that's been a big thing that I feel like I faltered on since I moved here and, and so that's definitely a big thing for me this year as a goal is to, to do more of those. Um, and I think finally, I think the last one for me um, has been is, is don't be afraid. And it's not being afraid to ask people for help, not being afraid to ask people to assist me with something and just and not hesitating. That's been a big thing for me as I usually go, oh, this would be cool. But then I start worrying. I think of all the hardships that's going to happen and just like like Kickstarter. That's such a huge thing to take over. But finally, you know, and we've talked about doing a Kickstarter for several things we've tried to get (laughs) off the ground. And so for us to actually do it and accomplish it was for me personally a huge hill that we finally got over. Yeah, that we can finally 
do that. And we know we can do it in the future. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like, if we get to that point again, like, hey, we want to try to fund this and we want to do another uh, campaign, Kickstarter or Indiegogo campaign, I don't think I'll be as hesitant as I was before because I'd never done it. It was the unknown of, oh my God, are we going to be funded and all this stuff. And But it's like, now I know we have the support. And I think through this, we'll gain even more support. Those have kind of been my goals this year. And I think for the most part, I've done a good job of slowly building those. There's definitely some some work to do. Uh, There's always more work to abs- do. Well, absolutely. Well, Let's and I go. Think just hearing off of you, I think one thing that also definitely rings true to me is being present, not letting the past knock at your door and not getting so scared about what opportunities may come or may not come absolutely. down the road. So being present and really just enjoying the journey enjoy the journey enjoy the journey folks no but it's really easy to get set on your destination absolutely and people will come to this town and not reach that destination it's easy to get wrapped up in the failures and the struggle and the hardships instead of celebrating one that you're doing it like you are one of the few people even though there's hundred thousands of people here pursuing it how many billions of people in the world and how many millions of people in America that aren't pursuing their dreams. Mm-hmm. And so it's still a huge thing that you're here and you're doing it. So yeah. I think that's something to always keep in mind. You are attempting it. You will not be one of those people that says, what if? Yeah, and you, and you can honestly say one day that I went there and I did it and I accomplished something. But uh, th- those are my goals. I agree. I think it's the same thing. You have to be present in the moment and be okay and just and move forward. Mm-hmm. And look to the future more than the past. Uh, Jessica Hanna said something really great in her interview. She was talking about what was what she was really inspired by theater and how she why she wanted to commit to theater for the rest of her life. And she said one thing that was be present in the struggle that we go to the theater to see crisis and to learn about ourselves. And that for me, just being present in the struggle is of all things that like that is the Hollywood hustle. Yeah. You have to be present amidst all of the rejection and still know that you are enough and that you should keep on going forward and that by throwing yourself into the chaos and the crisis you'll learn more about yourself no absolutely you need to make sure that you're not missing what you can learn from the struggle i think that's also part of being present is is not missing the key the education you can gain why didn't you get that role what what about it don't go crazy and overanalyze it but what maybe can you do better? What's, just hold, to be what's holding you back? Yeah, what's holding you back? What did you do in that room that you feel maybe, you know, it could be a thousand other things, but was there something, you know, look at it and go, did I not prepare enough? Did I question myself when I went in? Did I not take a chance? These auditioners are seeing the same people read the same lines for six to eight hours in a day, if not, you know, longer. And so when you go in, it's always helpful when someone just kind of makes it their own and looks at it differently than, you know. Absolutely. One thing I'm constantly being told right now in my acting class is to fail big. Do better. (laughs) Do better. No, not do better. Just fail big. Because that's the only way that you'll learn. Absolutely. I, I had the experience recently of being in an audition and I interpreted the side that they had sent me. I completely came up with this different story and I didn't ask if my interpretation was correct. I just went in and I did it. And the director just looked at me afterwards and said, explain to me 
what you just did. I really want to know. And I explained with him like what I saw. And he, he had this smile of like, that is not the story, but I really like it. Mm-hmm. And I went on through the uh, two callback stages. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just as what you said, Daniel, is going in with an opinion and you might be right or you might be wrong, but just go for it. You know, one of the biggest reasons we do theater and I think we go see theater or, you know, movies or, you know, the movies and theaters always considered like the window to humanity. You're seeing a, a moment in somebody's life, whether you're seeing birth to death or you're seeing their 13th birthday, you get this opening, this glimpse, this invitation to witness somebody else's life that hopefully connects with something that you're going through or something that you feel or have an opinion about. And, you know, sometimes you watch something and you don't even realize that this thing is something you needed. Yeah. Well, and the same goes for music and dance. I've seen my sister is a dancer. So I grew up always going to whether it's the San Francisco ballet or down here, Long Beach uh, ballet and just seeing what you can do now in those mediums that you go in again with a certain opinion you have a story that you want to tell and someone out in that audience is going to connect with it you were in a show recently um called no homo yes written by brandon barouche and directed by jessica hannah there you go that was an original here debuted here what did you learn from doing that show? Well, I'd like to say first that I wasn't in the original cast. It originally premiered at the Hollywood Fringe Festival here in L.A. And for our listeners, it's a story about two heterosexual men who are best friends. They live with each other. Totally cool. And then Luke, the character that I would eventually play, his sister comes to town, drops this big bombshell that she's coming out of the closet and immediately from then it spirals into questions of who are these two guys are they in a relationship can you be a guy with a male best friend can you love him or what is that all about and fortunately i knew someone in the show and they put my name into the hat and when i auditioned for it it was a whole new opportunity and by just stepping into that role it changed the tone of the show but with that you know jessica really worked with me on being present in the struggle don't always cave into your emotion sometimes like you might feel like you want to break down and cry but don't just continue to hold on to it and let it simmer underneath the surface and it was just such a great experience imagine seeing your favorite movie of all time and then all of a sudden you're in the room with those actors with that creative team in that same movie that was my experience that i got to be i got to see this show and these amazing performances and then i got to be a part of that. That's awesome. That's so and, cool. And then the whole process itself took about two years. You know, we we had an industry stage reading and then we didn't do a full-on production until the following summer. Oh, wow. So again, patience. You you have this great role in this show that you've been waiting to do, but you just have to hold on. I think that's a good place to, to go on. So I, I think it's time to head on to our topic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so today we decided just to be positive and happy we're going to talk about our top five favorite things in L.A. Bum, um, now, my, my top five, Michael, are kind of generic. They're not really like, you know, the, like, like the Roxy. You know, it's yeah. like, they're very like just ideas or oh, interesting. overall things. Okay. Um, uh, just so more of a discussion can happen. Mine are a bit more specific places. That's fine. That's fine. That means we, we won't talk about those. yours that Aww. much. We'll just talk about all about mine. 
So it's okay. <laughs> um, so we'll just, I think we'll start with number five. We'll go back and forth. Sure. Uh, we can have a small discussion about each one. Yeah. And uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. Uh, so for me, my number five. Jeez, Daniel, it's like you're the host or <laughs> it's something. It's like this is my show or something. My, fa- my top five, number five, the beach. Ah, uh, yes. I, 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 I come from no water around me, Dallas, Texas. And I've always, since I was a kid, loved water in general. Love swimming, love the rain, love just playing in sprinklers, you know, water balloon fights, whatever. I love water. So going to the beach whenever I got the chance was always amazing. And the only option we really have in, da- in Texas is Galveston, which is not the greatest beach in the world. Um, and the other or option is Corpus Christi, which is the worst beach in the world. Um, so moving here and being like, I am literally 20 minutes away from any, like depending on traffic, depending on traffic, four beaches. Yeah. And I'm so happy because there's something about sitting there on the sand and just looking at openness, eternity. Yeah. Like just continual space. Uh, And then you also get the rocking of the waves. So it's kind of like this nice melodic go in, go out and look out. And, and for those uh, listening that live in L.A. who have kids that maybe are scared of waves, there's a wonderful beach in Marina del Rey called Mother's Beach. Um, it's more of a cove, but they have a beach surrounding it. But because it's a cove, there are no waves. It's oh, just ocean okay. water. Um, there's some boats and stuff around. But it's really nice. They have a playground. It's pretty much Mother's Beach because it's made for children. Now, there are some beaches, though, that I've gone to where I've not, I've never actually gone down into the beach and to the ocean. I've never seen water. (laughs) Well, uh, like Venice Beach or Santa Monica, where it's less so much about the beach as more it is just about that strip and just walking. Communing. Communing. And And going into all the shops and stuff like that. Yeah, there's some that it's more about the culture. And there's some where it's more about the relaxation and there's some that are about the animals. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know for me, my favorite beach, whenever, you know, I have an afternoon where I can go and uh, with Karen and uh, just relax is in Malibu, Point Doom Beach. Doom? Point Doom. Doom. Okay. It sounds so scary, but it's actually uh, a very popular place for filming. Uh, Last time we went there, they had this, like all this yellow tape set up around one corner of the beach because... Uh, they had this broken jet just laying on the beach and they'd been filming there hmm. all week. Interesting. I know. So I was like, what's going on over here? Well, do, you need a, do you need a man with glasses and a beard? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> it could be me. It could be me. Why are you talking like that, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> They're never going to hire me. But um, it's also in that specific area. I don't know if it's because there's maybe less people, but you'll see sometimes like humpback whales or seals or dolphins. Like I saw all three of those groups last time I went there. Um, And it's in Point Doom and it is so relaxing. And there's also little private beaches that you can kind of hike up rocks to and stuff like that. Nice. I'll have to remember that. But yeah, beaches, number five on my list because I love water. I love just being in the sand and just, like I said, just looking at nothing and you just can contemplate and just relax. There's nothing to worry about. Or even not even think about anything. That's what I'm saying. There's nothing to worry about. Yeah. I love it. Being from Northern California, I did have access to the beach. I hate you. I know. But that being said, in Southern California, it's a bit warmer. And the sand is definitely finer than, say, Bodega Bay. I would say less foggier, but we know that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. How about, all right. How about you? Number uh, five. Number five specific place, the <laughs> El Capitan Movie Theater on uh, Hollywood Boulevard. Well, yes. So for those of you who don't know, the El Capitan Theater is actually the theater owned by Disney. 
uh, here in Hollywood. It's where they have all of their premieres. premieres and what I love about it, though, I mean, I'm a big Disney freak, so I love that element. But what they do with that space is they really make going to the cinema an experience. Absolutely. It Nowadays, at least for where I grew up, it's just you get your ticket, you get your popcorn, and then you just sit in the theater and you watch weird commercials. <laughs> you know, uh, for, real estate for, agents. For e-shows and sci-fi network shows. Well, you, well, you had a nice theater then. <laughs> but uh, down here, though, at the El Capitan, they'll always have this, uh, you know, someone playing this giant organ. And you kind of get taken aback to... You know, back in the old days where it would be, they would have this live entertainment before a movie. It's very classic cinema style. It's very classic. But then they'll also make an event out of it where uh, this past year around Halloween, they were doing Nightmare Before Christmas, of course. Absolutely. Disney classic. But they decked out the theater to make you feel like you were inside the world of Jack Skellington. Oh, that's cool. And so there are little things like while the movie's playing, they're, they're projecting lights on the wall. They're, you know, shooting confetti or not confetti, but snow or something right, right. like that. And it's just more of an experience. And But it's the time of before the movie starts. You're sitting there with your friends. You're hearing this music. And it's just, I don't know, it, it, it's fun. Right. It's fun. And then you get to walk out and it's Hollywood Boulevard and it's tourist central before a few moments right. if you're native to LA. Now, it, now this this good. love ends when you're trying to just drive past Hollywood Boulevard <laughs> when there is a premiere going on. The love kind of suspends itself for this a little bit. But I agree. It's very beautiful. It's very classic Hollywood theater. It's an experience. Mm-hmm. And it definitely takes you back to that you know, I think when you're a kid and you're like, I'm going to the movie. Absolutely. And because it's also Disney, they will screen some of their classic ones. Like for Valentine's Day, they'll do Lady and the Tramp. They've done, I think they did Little Mermaid recently also. Yeah. yeah. And so it's sometimes nice to kind of take a step back a little. And they do packages that are actually reasonably priced uh, for shows where it's like a VIP package where you get popcorn and buttons and you get a really nice seat and it, you get like two free drinks and or not free but you get two drinks and it's like 25 bucks. Yeah. Like they do really they do some really cool stuff. Well, and I think for a lot of us who love movies and everything it all starts about you think back when was your first experience of going to the movie theater? And I don't know, that's, that's why movies are still important. It's not only just seeing it on the big screen, but it's that experience of being in a cinema. I'll tell you, as a kid, um, a young kid, there's really like three movies I remember seeing, like young kid, mm-hmm. in the theater. The third Mighty Ducks movie, uh, where they're I in wish. college. Coach the, Bombay! <laughs> the, the second one would be uh, Muppets Treasure Island. <laughs> And the other one would be Lion King. I specifically remember watching Lion King in the theater and how much I loved that movie. So those are like, for me, like the youngest, at least, that I remember. For me, I know the first movie I saw in theater, and I don't remember this, but my mom loves to remind me all the time, was Hook. And during the scene where they present the hook and they're all chanting, Hook, Hook, where is the hook? Um, I do remember that. I saw that in Florida. Oh, you saw it before. in a very tiny theater, so that, that, that actually isn't work. Yeah, see, I was marching through the aisles of the seats on our local military uh, <laughs> Air Force Base movie theater. Going, hook, hook, hook. Where, where is the hook? Hook, hook. hook. Sit down! <laughs> <laughs> what about Smee? Smee's me. What about me? Yeah. Um, That's the awesome. The other ones would be the live-action uh, 101 Dalmatians. Mm-hmm. 
I remember. And then another movie that just comes to mind, the first ones that I remember seeing, uh, Mr. Bean, or Bean, the movie, the... You know, when American audiences were introduced to him. Those are just some of the first few ones that uh, go to my memory. I don't know. Have you ever seen a Star Wars film in the theater? Like, not not anyone, like one of the originals. Um, what's, what's Star Wars? <laughs> no, I, uh, I remember seeing... Uh, Return of the Jedi for one of my birthdays. Oh, nice. Uh, it was, the, you know, when they did the master remake. Oh, of gotcha. the, Or not remake, but master edition. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I remember seeing each one of those by myself because nobody would go with me. Uh, to see him. And I, I like, would have gone this, with you. What is the Star Wars everyone talks of? What is the Star Wars? Um, all right, number four. I mentioned it earlier uh, when we were talking about No Homo, but the Hollywood Fringe Festival. Okay. Is one of, I think... You did go specific. I, I did go specific. I think... You know, for those of you, especially if you if you're not from LA and you're coming here, these are some of the things I think you need to check out in terms of just launching yourself into like the entertainment industry down here. Uh, Hollywood Fringe Festival, I think, is a must see. Absolutely, it's where some of the best theater is happening right now in this town. So if you love theater, that's a good place to go and meet creators. And Who knows? You might network, end up in network, network. Yeah. Well, for me, it's how I met my NoHo family, no homo family of you just go and you see a show. You don't know what opportunity may come from just going to see a show. Absolutely. Um, but it also uh, earlier, uh, again, in Jessica Hanna's episode, she was talking about how playwrights now are being tapped to write for television oh, wow. and stuff. And so a lot of times industry people will go and see these plays and stuff just for those kind of opportunities and over 600 shows happen in a series of maybe three weeks all up and down Santa Monica Boulevard in Hollywood it's and fantastic it's incredible so if you haven't fringed out I invite you to fringe this summer I think something to suggest I don't I could be wrong I'm guessing do they take volunteers for to, to work the events because oh, that's definitely a huge way to get in. you probably see some shows for free yeah uh, you know you get to know the people work because I guarantee everybody else volunteering is some creative of some sort yeah and I mean like each show it, I haven't produced a show at Hollywood Fringe yet but there are certain like time limits that you right. have right like you only have this hour and so you have to go in and out and it's just this fun way of just like it becomes all about the story it becomes all about the art right. less about the fanciness because you have to be able to load in the next show it's kind of like it's act one uh uil type thing where yeah. it's like where you have like a, a kind of a put together set that you have to take down in like 10 15 minutes yeah the original set for no homo was just cardboard boxes yeah. but then when we performed it at at water village theater it was this full-blown set right. so it's great to see like sometimes at Fringe, you'll see these small little productions and how they'll blossom. Yeah. That's awesome. Good. That's, that's so, a great one. So uh, that Hollywood Fringe happens uh, in June. Uh, definitely check it out. Uh, search, Google search Hollywood Fringe. They're also on Facebook. Uh, they have deal options where if you buy a certain pin, that gets you discounts into other shows. They'll have Hollywood Fringe Central where you can grab a drink or some snacks or something in between seeing shows. And you may hear some people from some of the shows. Yeah, Hollywood Hustle. And they even have an app for it. So you, you, you need ways to uh, coordinate what shows you're seeing or what shows line up with what. <laughs> app, it. app App it. Yes. Uh, my number four, again, more in the general realm. Sure. Um, we, I think this is going to be a running conversation throughout Hollywood Hustle with several different people. Food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got 
I've got some specifics coming oh, yeah, your way right. soon. But I think in general, like, I, we've talked about this before, I think, and so I don't want to go too long on it. But this place, you know, L.A. really has this great non-chain feel to it where there's so many you know standalone restaurants that aren't outside of LA or outside of California that you can try you can just learn to enjoy different things and and there is an energy here of trying new things and new cultures of food that maybe you didn't before because of the area you were in was very like this is what we eat and and so that to me has been really great because it's given me a chance to try things I never thought I would try you well know? uh in our episode with uh, Eric Knight, uh, you know, musician, talent manager, and everything, right. one of the things we talked about, which I just loved, was how Los Angeles is really a city of immigrants. Absolutely. You have people from all walks of life coming to this town to pursue their dream. Again, the Hollywood hustle, right? Of just right. coming here. You might not, maybe it's your dream is owning a restaurant or being able to support your family, creating this amazing food, that this is where you go. You have all these pockets of culture and you get to experience it through sometimes uh, through their food, through those dishes. I think it's just it's so cool because and also food, you know, food is a great way to get with people and and commune with people and, and, and chat with people. And so there is a lot about it that just brings you together. You're trying new things. You're talking to people. And it's just you. And there's there's food trucks and there's food little spots that you can go to and there's pop ups and it's just it's such a great culture for just trying anything and everything. I'm sure people from New York or maybe Chicago, you know, certain like destinations, Paris or whatever, like they have obviously certain cornerstones. Well, well, that's what I think. The food market. I, I think the cities that have that are like Chicago, L.A., and New York. Yeah. For the most part, like especially New York and LA are the places where a lot of restaurants begin. Well, and again, they're they were places where a lot of immigrants mm-hmm. came to, you know, whether it was from Italy or Canada um, or Canada <laughs> or, you know, the right. Caribbean. It's just like you have these when you have a lot of people come together, you're going to get, you know, this melting pot yeah. of flavors. Absolutely. All right, my number 3. Yes. Things to do. Could you be a little bit more vague? There are so many things to do well, oh, in LA yes. where you're not just stuck to going to see a movie and going out to eat. You can go see an improv show. You can go see a concert. You can go see a dance show. You can go climb a mountain. You can go climb a mountain. You can go hiking. You can go to the beach. You can go to a lake. You can there's I mean there's You so, can go to the desert. You can go to the desert. You can there's so much to do. You can go you can go gamble. You can you know, you can go camping. You can go skiing around this area. Like you know, it's you yeah. still have to drive away, but there's so much to do in I'd say an 8-hour radius of LA yeah. that you don't find in a lot of places. And for me, I, I just find that exciting. And it, a lot of it is, is affordable. Um, you know, if you have nothing to do on a Friday night, you're bored, your boyfriend's bored, your girlfriend's bored, your wife's bored, or whatever, your partner in crime, your roommate, you go, hey, there's an improv show at the I.O. for $5. You want to go? Like, and, and most likely it's not sold out, not, not putting down IO, but most likely most well, times these shows are yeah. the, these late shows don't get sold out at all. So it's that opportunity is very, for, at least from where I'm from, you do not see, you want to go see an improv show. It's $30 yeah, and it's at seven o'clock 
and you know here and it's in a town yeah and it's one group Rome. doing one thing you know you don't see where you have five different troops in one night performing something in completely five different styles yeah. or themes. And they're just five of hundreds of improv yeah, no, down here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just like Chicago. Um, but it's but it's just so cool that you can go see if you can go see a show from somewhere between a hundred dollars to ten dollars. Yeah. You know, that that's what I mean by there's things to do. It's and, and, and things are so accessible here. And it all it does is you just have to walk outside the door. Yeah. Leave your house. I can understand how sometimes it can feel overwhelming, but you should never say in this town that there's nothing to do. Don't let the drive keep you from going. Be the drive. Ooh, trademark words. <laughs> but no, that, that's what I mean by things to do. There's, yeah. just, there's so much available and accessible that there's no reason other than a child and no babysitter that you can say, I can't, or money, that if you're just broke, that I can't go. I know... From my hometown of Vacaville, there were limited options. Uh, it's specifically in my part of town, the way the city just planned it, there's really no big activities to do. There's a prison. <laughs> there's a state penitentiary on my side of town. I don't live in the state penitentiary. Woo. <laughs> but, but in terms of hey, just Mom, can we go to the penitentiary Forms again? of entertainment were, you know, there's maybe some parks that you can walk to and yep. hang out in, but there's not a lot to do. Yeah. You can go to downtown, there's a local park, there's a movie theater, there's some shops and stuff, but again, nothing that you can really do. So coming down here and all of a sudden just where you can go to this amazing art museum if you want to, or the beach, or you could go to Big Bear, or you can do a million and one things in this town. You can go to an escape room. <laughs> You're so bored, you'd want to go to a room to escape out of. Yeah. I mean, there's there's different types of bars. There's different types of restaurants. There's speakeasies. There's secret rooms that you can go into that are bars. You but know? there's also vacant lots where all of a sudden you just hold on and food trucks all of a sudden oh, yeah. fill in the lot. Across the street from where I live, there's a food truck that every Friday and Saturday, it's like there's I a was party say, going on. I was driving around your area one night and I saw both of those food trucks. Mm. I haven't gone yet. Neither have I, sadly. So we're going. We should go somewhere. After this. <laughs> After this. No, but it's it, that, that's kind of what I mean by that. There's just it, there's so much to do where in a lot of places you're very pushed to one or two things in general to do. See a movie, go eat, mm -hmm. go walk around a park. Uh, if you can afford to go see a show for 45 but to $100. I feel like the city also just also does a, a fairly decent job at also creating big events. Absolutely. Oh, there's marathons. There's yeah. bike marathons. There's parades galore here. <laughs> yeah. It's literally, you will see a one of those construction message boards almost every other weekend with, watch out for these closures because the Templeton downtown hopping race is this Friday. Are we competing in that, by the way? Uh, no, we're waiting for the three-legged race. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, but yeah, that, that's the stuff I mean. Like, it's just, there's, it's just awesome how much there is to do here. Yeah. Well, with my number three, again, getting specific, and this has a personal tie to me, is the Universal Studio Tour. It, Universal Studios Hollywood, uh, the theme park, was created out of the studio tour. Yeah. Uh, the studio tour in which you... <laughs> 120, 140 people uh, clamber onto four, uh, tr you know, an entire tram, and they take a tour through the entire studio backlot of this production studio. 
And I remember that was one of my first times of like being this kid from this small town coming down here on a family vacation and taking that made me think, oh, this isn't just a thing that appears on a screen. Like this is real. This is something that people do. And it gives you, I think it gives you a challenge because you're like, I'm going to be in that studio one day. Absolutely. Well, uh, so many, uh, the, the famous one is Steven Spielberg. The story goes is that he was on the studio tour and he jumped off and walked into uh, one of the sound stages and just started working. And I really want to know if that's true. I, you know, this is, these are the stories that I hear. <laughs> but it, like, and he did this for like two weeks and no one thought anything of it. And by the time they found out, you know, he was just this, you know, young teenager or whatever, they kind of just let him keep on going. Granted, I will say... <laughs> Security's a lot tighter. Yeah, it's, now. A, it's a different era. Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's, it's a different era. It's a different but time. I also worked as a studio tour guide for a, a year of my and time. And he would down stop here. in the middle of tours, go into the studio. <laughs> I would just leave my tour. His tour stranded and just no, uh, start working. But doing tours was such a wonderful experience. Of all of a sudden, now I was talking to the younger people in the chairs and. Hoping the fresh face, the, the fresh face, or you know, helping them realize that this is something that you can actually go and do. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, inspiring them, like, yes, if you continue to pursue your dreams, you can come out here and do this as well. Yeah. Um, and I will never forget. There was this gentleman who came up to me after a tour. He was not from this country. He, he explained to me that he was here because his son was getting married. You know, he was here for this wonderful celebration, but this was his first time to the United States, and he didn't understand how grand this studio was of how grand making movies was that he had just ever seen it on a small screen and that for him it was this awakening moment of just i never knew that this was possible wow that's awesome and and so having those connections with strangers with people just coming in and out of this town because this is one of the entertainment capitals of the world right but that was an experience that I'll always carry with me. You know, I've written the tour. I never got a chance, unfortunately, to see you do it. Um, uh, but it was definitely one of those moments when you're taking it where you're just, it, whether, if you're creative and this is kind of where you want to be, it really is just like, you know, well, here's where Alfred Hitchcock's office was. And here's, and, and, it, and yeah. it's there. And you'll see, and you'll see like, you know, Brian Fuller's parking spot. And you'll see, you know, Mindy Kaling's yeah, parking Ron spot. Ron Howard's parking spot. And you're just like, and you're constantly like, am I going to see somebody, you know? And, and I did. I would see some stars and stuff. But for me, the always mag- most magical part of the tour was going through the Metro sets and seeing Hill Valley. Yeah. From Back to the Future. And Michael J. Fox <laughs> was, for me, one of my early inspirations of mm-hmm. seeing this young guy in this situation and just seeing what a wonderful, fun story that was. Yeah. And then to be me sitting like you know in this tram <laughs> talking to people about this movie in the same spot that they were where they filmed it yeah it you always think of like man i wish i could always check out that one spot mm-hmm. and going on the tour you get to be a part of you that. were in hill valley man i was in hill valley <laughs> i would be in hill valley and the best part would be when i was stuck in hill valley for 30 minutes because king kong <laughs> was broken down was broken down and i was stuck behind a bunch of other trams waiting to get into King were you Kong. There, were you still doing it when they did the Fast and the Furious or were you done by the time Fast and the uh, Furious came out? I had just transi- 
Yeah, I had just transitioned out okay. um, from being a tour guide right around the time that came around. Okay. I've gone on it, though. It's fun. I won't give too much away <laughs> in case don't. you haven't been on it. I haven't been on it. But um, And for any of you out there who are interested in being a tour guide, um, you know, please reach out to me on social media. I'd be more than happy to answer any questions about the audition process Absolutely. or anything like that. But all I can say is that it's a great way to get into this town because the people that you work with as well are just fantastic. But what the Universal Studio Tour stands for to me is why it's one of my favorite Absolutely. things about LA. All right, number two. Number two. All right, so going back to food real yes. quick. Skirt! There's a car here. There's a car here. <laughs> no, instead, um, no. Uh, talking about food, all right, the Grand Central Market, LA's Farmer's Market, and I just recently discovered last weekend, downtown LA's Smorgasburg. Okay, I got to try this because that looked like a lot of fun seeing your, your posts and your, your, your photos and your um, yeah. Instagram videos. So I guess starting with the last, uh, the Smorgasburg um, is this movement that downtown LA is trying to do to revitalize the area because it needs it. There's a lot of abandoned warehouses. And so the city's gone in and they're creating... You know, there's these abandoned structures, but they're going in anyway. And they have this fu- like five mile parking lot in between all these buildings. And they bring in these food trucks and vendors. And it is the best place to like try out new food. And it is so much fun. And, you know, there's a big giant parking lot uh, for, to fit 4,000 cars. So you should just go park there and then you can just hang out there for the whole afternoon. It's Sundays. 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. in downtown L.A. And then there's, of course, the LA's, L.A. Farmer's Market and Grand Central Market. Those are two staple places where, again, you want to try new food, go to this place. I have not come to anything that has come as close to New Orleans food as the, uh, this one place in the L.A. Farmer's Market. It's tucked away in the back. My goodness, it is delicious. <laughs> you know, and... But then you can go and buy your vegetables and fruit and stuff for the week as well. Right. And But then there's also the Grand Central Market, in, uh, also in downtown. Uh, another great place to go to. Um, yeah, just – I can't recommend one specific place enough. But if you are curious about trying new foods in Los Angeles – those three can definitely help. I was going to jump on that if we're getting specific. Specific. So, uh, some places I'd love to just kind of throw out. Uh, there's a place on 3rd called Toast that has an amazing brunch, uh, especially a delicious vanilla ice latte that is LA's all about the brunch. They're all about the brunch. Um, another place for a dessert called Sweet Bees uh, that is amazing. They make this like, uh, but they, they uh, what is it, like, um, like a sweet bread pudding uh but they have different kinds of like cookies and cream bread pudding uh all this stuff they have like the cookie like big cookie they have a donut with ice cream in it like it's fantastic um uh, another uh wonderful place is called home state uh which is owned by some people from texas woo it has actual texas queso for all my texans out there in la home state i actually just saw weird al yankovic at home state and it was super exciting Ooh. and i was freaking out because um, <laughs> that's like one of the few that i'd be like oh my god that's where i um but yeah so there's a few places that i really really enjoy in la yeah for and sure definitely food has to be on anyone's oh, top five and to kind of go a little bit with kind of that whole kind of gathering type yeah, of well event. and that and that's the other element sorry to jump on you real quick but the grand central market la's farmer's market and the smorgasburg are great places just to be surrounded by the people in this town yeah absolutely and 
that's the other element why I like those specific places is not only are you getting the culture from this food, but you're also just hanging out. You with never all know people. who you're going to meet. Um, but again, kind of going another one to go to is called the Renegade Craft Fair mm. um, that happens in LA. Uh, you'd have to look it up. I, I sadly don't exactly know. I think it changes kind of every now and then. But it's a uh, oh, in terms of location. Well, not location, but like when it happens. It kind oh, of sure. Changes, just a very slight changes when it happens. But it's this great craft fair with tons of you know people who have their own businesses coming out. And a lot of it is soaps, I've noticed. Soaps and creams um, and candles. But so if you're dirty, some, go so there. there. There's a lot of jewelry and uh, shirt prints and uh, vintage clothing and vintage records. And Have you also crazy noticed signs. that you know, books are also starting to appear at yeah, these type of fairs? Because we have to remember books are something that we should treasure. Books exist. And reading is exciting. Yeah, read. Please read. Please read. Uh, but yeah, so those are some places also. Uh, maybe we can include say. some of the links to some of these places Absolutely, yeah, in absolutely. show notes uh, afterwards so you guys can check it out. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. I'm, I'm really excited to hear your number one. Well, we got, I got to do my number oh, two. Oh, first. you got your number two. Okay. <laughs> Don't skip my number two. Oh, that's right, because we went back to food. <laughs> so my number two, um, my number two and my number one kind of connect a little bit. Uh, but my number two is collaboration. Um, there is such an, uh, a feeling of of desire to collaborate in LA where in from where I'm from and I think Mike can probably attest this from where he's from a little bit there's a lot of eh, I don't feel like doing that with you I'm doing my own thing and there's well, so much of, of it separation. is just not understanding yeah I, I agree there's a lot of separation also like Dallas is so spread out where and, and it really is spread out not just spread out and close but like super spread out and so collaborating is difficult it's tiring and a lot of people are really stuck to doing the usual like theater and film is not pushed in, in Dallas um, as much as it should be unfortunately um, but here there's such an air of like I want to help you with what you're doing I want to be a part of this I want to learn I want to do this because it'll help me grow and there's so many and also I think what goes with that is there's so many schools here where film is really big and theater is really big that it's easy to find people who just want the opportunity. They just want to learn. The opportunity or, or, to learn. or to exercise their what they the learned. experience. Yeah. And 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 so I think that to me is super exciting. Um, not not saying that you get free work out of people because that is definitely not what I'm saying. But that people are willing to help the you openness out to collaborate for a very little amount of pay. Oh, that's a really good one, Daniel. You're making me uh, contemplate my <laughs> that, one. That to me is really huge. And I think we've talked about it. And again, that'll be something that is a constant theme that yeah. we talk about here on Hollywood Hustle. So we'll move on to number one. Uh, again, they're kind of tied with each other um, is the creative energy of L.A. Um, you come here and whether it's comp- competitive or inspiring or motivational or... Uh, kicks you in the pants there's something about LA that makes you want to create it's I don't know how to explain it I can't put my finger on it but when like like there's days when the weather is just perfect windows are down you're playing some song that you found and you're just like I want to go and I want to make something I want to create something I want to be a part of something being created and it just it inspires you just by 
being here because I think of all the energies of those who are creatives here just merge very like uh, very Ghostbusters esque where mm-hmm. all the dark energy in Ghostbusters too kind of causes everybody to be angry with each other. Here yeah. it's different. It's that creative energy just continue to push you. And I think on top of that is people who are creating things push you. So you may have a friend who creates a web series. You're like, man, I want to do something like that. So you go and do it. Yeah. And that I think is the, that for me is the number one thing that I love is being able to sit with people and just talk about creating, talk about different thoughts and ideas and, and, and concepts and themes and, and reviews and critiques and everything in the, under the sun that you just, you can just talk for hours and go, you and me, we're going to do something. We're going to put something on paper. We're going to do it. And there's yes. Yeah. There, you know what? You've convinced me (laughs) of of changing my answer. I think I went to more specific literal places, which is fine. Which is fine. We didn't put any kind of restrictions on this. But I do love that idea of, um, well, being from a town, you know, I, I grew up outside of an Air Force base, so the arts weren't as pushed in that area. Though I, I found those pockets, you know, and I exercised in those areas. But being here in L.A., whether it's the history of knowing that this is where the entertainment industry has grown, but you just come here and you feel like you're the thing that needs to make it happen. Yeah. It needs to come from you. But if you need help, again, you, it's just reaching across the aisle, reaching across the table, and inviting. I want to go back to my number two real quick collaboration mm-hmm. before we wrap up. Mike and I met working for Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. We were, <clears throat> we were put together in callbacks, pardon me. Uh, we were put together in callbacks for these kind of face roles, these main roles that have speaking parts. Usually those roles are people out uh, working with the crowd in line. Doing some improvisation. Uh, at the, like the entrance to the, the houses. And that specific year they were doing the movie Insidious. And they needed a, a big bearded guy and a, a scrawnier non-bearded guy. Who wears glasses. Who wears glasses. And um, luckily I was one of those few big bearded guys who could do improv. And Mike and I were paired together. At, at the auditions, at the callbacks where we did the improv stuff. We didn't know each other. We didn't know. Yeah, all. we never met each other. This was the first time. And we were hired and put together. We were cast together to work together to work together with one because they liked, I guess, our, our energy and our creative. So with Halloween Horror Nights, you are working from about, I would say, 530, 5, 5.30 when you, when you get there, p.m. Some people get there at yeah, 2 p.m. Yeah, if you have a lot of makeup, you get there. We didn't have a ton of makeup. So we were there about 5.30, 5.45. Um, to about, I would say, 2 to 3 in the morning, depending on how successful your, yeah. your maze is. Our maze was highly successful. Because it uh, was Team Insidious. Team Insidious. So we were there. We were always, for the most part, the last uh, house to close. And we had to be out there until the last line. And we would switch off. There was another Specs, Specs and, Tucker and Tucker that we'd rotate with every every 30 minutes or so or 45 yeah. minutes. I say this because during that time, we were there for a long time, we we had no script. So it was really just taking the film and the characters and us creating things and, and bits and, and how to say things to people, how to talk to people. Um, if they would say something to us, you know, there's a lot of, the, people aren't clever. They, they say the same jokes, 
they say the same bits. Hey, Ghostbusters. You guys are Ghostbusters. I mean, they say the same thing. Yeah, you're Mormons. Hey, Mormons. They say the same things. So you come up with ways to respond that are fun, that maybe make other people laugh. But that are still in line with With the the characters. Absolutely. And so during that time, Mike and I really got to know each other because we worked. But I think because of that, we got this bouncing energy off each other. And after when we were on breaks, we would talk and discuss things I've written, thing he, things he was working on, jobs we've done, um, ideas we had for things. Our favorite movies. Yeah. Mike would read books and I'd ask him what he's reading and we'd talk about that. And I would never end up reading those <laughs> books actually, because we would, we would talk. talk so much. But that created this. Yeah. You know, that led to this. That led to other things that we've written together. That led to a, an amazing friendship. Well, that's, you know? that's the thing you never know in this town. Mm-hmm. Saying yes to one specific opportunity Absolutely. can change your life right. down here. And that for me, there's, there's two moments that are really important that have shaped my life here in L.A. Number one was walking into Rocket Fizz in Sherman Oaks and meeting my, who, the person who would now become my girlfriend mm-hmm. and everything. Let's not talk of her. Let's not talk <laughs> of her, but instead talk about this other moment. <laughs> no, but seriously, I'm just, just being in this audition room, not knowing this guy from Adam, but just doing improvisation, doing what you do, and then seeing where the pr- creative process goes. But then all of a sudden, you're working with this guy five, six nights a week, working over eight hours a night, talking about ghosts Fighting and sicknesses demons, and, 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 and scanning each other scanning with each fake, other and uh, playing a paranormal instruments. Yeah. I had just moved here like a few months before I auditioned for this, and two months, I think, before I auditioned for it. And so I knew some people that moved here from Texas before I, that I went to school with, but I didn't know anybody here. And that was something I wanted to do. I wanted to meet new people. I wanted to make friends that lived here that knew the town possibly better than I did. Well, and also, I will just say this. If you've never done like a haunt event, do it. It's because, so much fun. Because scare actors are some of the coolest and best people that you will meet. We're friends with a ton of them still. Yeah. We still talk to and it's hang out It's this amazing with. community of, uh, of people that... No matter what, you've had that experience that connects you, right? It, it's like doing a show. It's like doing theater. You have your cast, except this cast is a couple thousand people yeah. or and so. When I say collaboration and creative energy, I think also it's like you said, saying yes and being open to that collaboration and open to that energy. Because Mike could have easily, we could have done the bits and afterwards been like, hey, that was great, man. And he could have gone, read, read his books. And if I tried to talk to him, just give me like one word answers. and Just said, hey, man, yeah. sorry. My he could have walked away and talked on his phone to, with his girlfriend the whole time until we were back on. I mean, he could have he gone to other people that he may have known because I know he had some other friends that worked there as well. But no, he accepted me and he, he talked to me and he shared with me his ideas and his thoughts and his creative energy. He let me in and here we are. Yeah, And that, to me, has been one of the biggest supports and help that I've had moving here. Because since then, he, like I said, he's become one of my best friends. He's someone I call on when I'm upset or down. I text him all the time. We chat constantly. And I never I, I, I never get tired of talking to him. I, I think we, we talk to each other in a nice set of ways where we're not constantly talking. We do have breaks where we're not chatting with each other. My girlfriend and his wife are always like, wait, are you when talking are you, to them? When are you just going to leave me for, for Mike? <laughs> but you know, I, I say this to say, be open. Be available. Be welcoming. Be willing to share. Don't be afraid that someone's going to steal your idea. Don't be afraid that someone's going to think your idea is stupid. 
if someone sits and goes, hey, man, what are you working on? What do you do? Do you, you know, this, I'm a writer. This is what I do. Share because you don't know what that's going to become. It can not only become a great working relationship, but an amazing friendship. And, and if anything, that is to me, one of the greatest things that I've had here in LA is meeting this guy and that's sitting in front of me and, and, and going on this journey with him has been incredibly helpful. And don't, don't miss that. Don't lose that if you live in L.A. Uh, because it is so fantastic. And I say that, and I end that with Michael Lutheran. I can't see my life without you. <laughs> Will you marry me? Oh. It's done. It happened. It's done. Um, no, no I, I honestly mean that. Be open to it because it's, it's so freaking important. Uh, I, Daniel, that was actually really touching. And thank you so much for those kind words. I, I have it all written down here. I, actually, uh, <laughs> I knew it, you writer. No, but uh, no, the, the sentiment is very much mutual. Um, my life would not be what it is today. I would not have accomplished the things or have grown in the ways that I've had if it weren't for you. And, th- and that's more than just talking from, you know, actor to actor, writer to writer, <laughs> but that's also from man to man. Right. Recently, we, we got to work a little bit where I, I directed Michael in um, a real scene, a scene someone was filming for the real. And, and that, again, it was a different thing and a different yeah. relationship for us, a different position for each other. Luckily, we've, we've been through so much together. We knew when to back off and we knew when to come in and... and and so that to me, like we, we have seen each other in so many different ways. Yeah, we, we've worked together as like showrunners or now in this new role of like working on a podcast Host, together. producer, writer. Best <laughs> friends. But that's the opportunity that, peop- that you as listeners have is meeting people in this town and not looking at it as just as a business relationship, but as a personal relationship, as a fellow person who's going on this journey that's very similar to your own. And I'm a firm believer in that every, you know, it takes a village to get you to where you want to be. You're only going to get better by the people you bring along with you. You said earlier, I just kind of want to wrap it up with this. You said earlier, don't get wrapped up in the past, in the struggle. Don't get, don't get wrapped up. Be present. Be present. And I think that really, if there's anything to take away is be present and be open. Know that you can't do this alone. You can't make it here alone. You'll give up so fast if it's, you just do this on your own. You'll be sad. You'll be angry. You'll be depressed. Unless you are just that one in a million person who gets every role they go for and riches fall from the sky and fans pounce them everywhere they go. If there's anything we can leave from this episode is be open and be present. I think, I think that's a good place. Uh, I think if we weren't afraid of breaking our mics, I'd say that's a mic drop. <laughs> mic drop. Don't if, drop it, If there wasn't a table it. between us, I would hug you. Yeah. Uh, but there's tables between us. So that's the end of part one of the host episode. And, and so let, let's real quick then, Daniel, run down your top fives just real quick. Yeah, my top fives were the beach, food. L.A. food is amazing. Um, things to do and, and be a part of and events in L.A. Collaboration and creative energy. And then mine were the El Capitan Theater on Hollywood Boulevard, Hollywood Fringe Festival, the Universal Studio Tour, L.A. Food, Grand Central Market, L.A. Farmer's Market, Downtown L.A. Smorgasburg, and then, of course, Creativity. Bravo. Just saying yes. (laughs) Bravo for getting through all of those. And then I'll also just add, as an honorable mention, Disneyland. Disneyland. Uh, So, Michael, where can people find us? Well, you can definitely find us. uh, We're on social media. You can check out our website, hollywoodhustlepodcast.com 
we're also on Twitter at LA Hustlecast. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Um, but you can also reach out to me uh, on Twitter. I'm at Michael Lutheran. I'm at Daniel Tuttle. That's spelled E-L, not L-E. <laughs> and that's Lutheran, like the church. Like the church. Also, go on iTunes. Uh, give us If you're enjoying the show, give us five stars and leave a review. We want to hear from you. Send us an email. We want to know what you want us to talk about. You, who you want us to get. If you know, this is for people rising up. If you know someone that's working hard and struggling to make it and has some stories, let us know. Uh, if if we get them on and you're available, you can come and listen to the interview if you want. Absolutely, and you can contact us. Our email again is hollywoodhustlepodcast at gmail And please share the podcast. Share it with anybody and everybody that'll listen that you think could could benefit from this because that's how we make this community grow in this network right? absolutely and again please leave us a comment uh please give us a review uh hopefully five stars if hopefully you'd be so stars. kind we'll if you're so thinking nice. of giving us less reach out to us and, in a and, message and, then and blame let us know it on what we could do better <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah i think for part one i think this is fantastic please look for the next episode where we'll be playing uh how well do you know your partner uh-oh yikes <laughs> thanks guys talk to you soon <laughs> This episode of the Hollywood Hustle podcast was hosted by Daniel Tuttle and produced with Michael Lutheran. Kel Torados is our sound engineer, and Mike Tobias edited our website. For more information about the show, please visit our website at hollywoodhustlepodcast.com.